This is the Wu Wei Wisdom Podcast, our weekly no-nonsense life lessons aimed to inspire you to master your emotional and spiritual health, achieve balance, harmony, and flow, and rediscover the authentic and awesome you. We're your hosts, David James Lees and Alexandra Lees. This week, we are talking all about love. Now, do you struggle to love yourself? Maybe you believe you are not good enough, not deserving or worthy of love. Or perhaps you are hooked on getting love from other people. And so you have no idea how to create love for yourself. Well, in this teaching, we're going to be busting through the mindset blocks and excuses that stop people from truly loving themselves. And you'll also learn the essential steps you can take to begin your journey into self-love. Okay, David, so let's begin with some definitions. What is the Wu Wei wisdom definition of love? I love this subject. I love this subject. <laughs> you love the subject. I love the subject. So, love to me is a description of an emotional feeling, a green light feeling. So, think about it. Love is a description of an emotional feeling. So, you can love your children, you could love your parents, you could love your partner, you could love your pets. You could love chocolate. You could love your favorite soccer team. So what you're doing is you're saying that I am creating a positive feeling about this person, this situation. You could love your home. You could love doing your work. You could not love doing your work. So it's all about a description of an emotional feeling. So let me repeat this. Love is a description of an emotional feeling. Sorry to carry on talking, but this is very important, Alex, because then it comes down to the Wu Wei model. Do you believe that you are the creator of your emotions? Or do you believe you're the victim of them? So if love is an emotional feeling, then either you create it or you don't. So I think a lot of people believe that they... Love is something that is earned or given to them by other people. It's a status to be achieved or it's an experience to be earned or got or obtained in some way. But that's not surprising, is it, Alex, if you think about all the millions of love songs, of love poems, of movies, of books that have been written about getting love, earning love taking love away from you. But more importantly for me, this misunderstanding is formed in childhood Mm -hmm. by our parents. And in a way, I'm rather embarrassed to say there was a time that I did this until I realized what I was doing. Because most parents will try and control their children by using love or affection or attention when they do something that they like they shower them with love. Oh, aren't you my, oh, you're my best. Oh, you're doing so well. Mummy or daddy is so proud of you. 
And when you don't do what they want or don't meet their standards or their expectations, then they will say things like, well, we're disappointed and we think you're lazy and we keep telling you you stay up too late or you're not mm. working hard enough or you're going to let us down or you're going to let your family down. And so they use this love as kind of a bartering chip, you know, as a kind of a whip and a carrot yeah. uh, to encourage you and to whip you when you don't do well. So I think when we start our life journey as children, of course, we depend on our parents. Of course we do. That's, that's absolutely natural and normal, and we depend on the family. And then we see love as this, what I call a commodity, something to be given or something to be taken away, very similar to value and worth, and we've done many videos on value and worth as well. And I can put, I can put links to all of those other teachings in the show notes, and we've done lots more teachings on love as well. But David, you can't deny the fact that when we were young as a child, if we were praised and given love by our parents, it felt good. It felt good within us. And now Which as I... creating that feeling? Well, this is the thing. As an adult, when we're shown affection by our partner or we're praised at work or our friends kind of treat us in a kind and considerate and loving way, it feels good. So, what what are we what are we missing out here? What's the so, missing part of this equation? So this is why it falls into the inner child work. And again, we've done thousands of videos on the inner child. And the inner child is a label that I like to use. You may prefer the emotional mind or the ego or some other label. I prefer the label of the inner child. So when we were children. And we receive that praise, mm -hmm. those strokes, those appreciations, all the lack of, our, of it, yeah. what we think we should have got and we didn't get. So that's quite acceptable as a child. But as we grow up, as we mature, as we become more intelligent, as we become more worldly, whatever again, whatever world you want, word you want to call it, we should then think about this very basic teaching and reaffirm and readjust that teaching. Because as you say, if somebody at work comes in and says, wow, you've done a great job, aren't you amazing? And you fill with pride and, and love and things like that. What you're doing is you are creating that feeling inside of you, but you're putting the emphasis on them. So you become dependent on them you are not self-sufficient that I would like you to be. You are dependent on them to give you praise. Now, that's great as long as they're giving you praise. What happens the, the day they walk in and throw things at you and say, well, that's a complete mess? Yeah. Now equally, and it's You're like peaks and troughs. Yeah, exactly. And you are then on this roller coaster of positive and negative emotions, green light emotions, red light emotions, and it's almost like you are hooked. It's like a drug. You are hooked on the feedback from other people around well, you. Well, I think, and a lot of my clients will say to me, that's a little bit too extreme, but I don't think it is what mm. you just said, as I agree with. It's like an addiction. You're always looking what the, how they look. The, 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 the blink of the eye, the way they shrug their shoulders, the way they 
attend to you or look at someone else. You're always on walking on eggshells because you believe like an addict, you need this. It's like a lifeblood. I often say to my clients, it's like oxygen. It's like you need oxygen, but someone else has got their finger on the trigger that gives you this approval. This, oh, don't that, oh, you look great. Oh, haven't you lost weight? Oh, doesn't this look good on you? Haven't you done good work? Oh, you're a really good mother. Oh, you're, see, we're constantly looking for other people to give us this approval. So, and here's the teaching, so we create the feeling. Mm. They are not giving you the feeling. Feelings don't float around through the atmosphere and enter your body. That feeling when somebody says, wow, you are amazing, that feeling mm. you are creating. So let me prove it to you. So I can look right in your eyes and say, you are awesome. And I really mean it because I believe all human beings are awesome. Now, you can go, wow, thank you, David. Yes, I am awesome. Or a lot of my clients will say, oh, I'm not that awesome. You say that yeah, to yeah. everybody. See, yeah. it's your interpretation so, of the statements. I think the, the thing that's coming to my mind from what you've said there when we're talking about the reason why we can't love ourselves is because we are getting hooked into this uh, expectation that other, it's other people's job to validate us, to yes. praise us, to love us yes. in order to know that we're lovable. Yes. What It's almost like we need, we believe we need permission of someone else, something else, in order to create the feeling of love for ourselves. If we don't get the permission in the form of validation or positive strokes or praise, it's like we just we don't act and we, we, it starts to, I guess, affirm that we're not lovable, we're not worthy. But if we, because I, I get the point that, okay, the positive feelings and chemicals that are created that we, within us, that we label as love, we create those. But for most people, they don't create the feel, those feelings for themselves without somebody else exactly giving them the validation, which then yeah. almost gives you the permission to create this feeling for yourself. Exactly. We've made this the whole equation really complicated. Really complicated. <laughs> really complicated. And really unviable. It doesn't make sense because what you're doing is you're giving all of your power to someone else. Now, this is someone who may have your best interest at heart, a partner, a family member, a boss. But the problem is you're giving that power, what I would call Shen, your spirituality, the essence of who you are. You're saying, I'm not going to believe in myself until you believe in me. Now, if you believe in me, then I'll believe in me. And this is where, as you said, it gets extremely complicated. Yeah. And then you'll form one of the three lies. Remember the three lies? I'm not good enough. That could be formed from this. I can't cope. That could be formed from this. And of course, I'm unlovable or I'm unworthy. Now, here's where this starts normally in childhood when your parents or your guardians have great difficulty because of their 
emotional issues. And because they don't love themselves either. Thank you, Alex. Their issues, you as a child of around five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, have done this big jump and to say, oh, and what I call the vow, here's the vow, oh, my parents aren't loving me or caring for me or nurturing me the way that other people do. It must be me. See what you've just done? Now you've taken responsibility for a problem that's theirs. Now this is acceptable and understandable as a child because you didn't have the cognitive reasoning and the understanding to do what we're doing here, sit down and have a chat around it and change your views. But you do now. Yeah. You do now. Don't work from a concept of your inner child's view of the universe and people. The, the statement, I'm unlovable or I'm unworthy, is nonsensical. Because love is an emotional feeling and only you can create the emotional feelings. And you create it as a response of what's going on around you. And that's your choice, how you do it. David, just a question has come into my mind. Now, I imagine a lot of your clients struggle with self-love and loving themselves because of their experiences in childhood, yes. uh, which were real. Their parents Absolutely. may have mistreated them, Absolutely. not given them the attention or the praise or the encouragement that they should have done through healthy, authentic parenting. Yes. And so, as you say, they create this vow that there is something wrong with them, yes. that they, the way my parents have treated me is because I'm unlovable, because I'm, un, I'm not good enough. Yes. But if I was that person who's had that childhood experience, I'm kind of thinking, well, all the pivotal people in my life have basically demonstrated to me that I'm not good enough or not lovable. How the heck do I now know, as you're suggesting, that I am lovable? Because, you know, I've got to have like some sort of benchmark. Otherwise, I've got nothing to go off. How, if everyone, if if my parents mistreated me and didn't love me, if my, when I was, and my friends have kind of mistreated me or if my partners have mistreated me, this is kind of all the signs are that I am really not a lovable person. So how do I, you're saying I am, but it's like, well, I'm sorry, but all the evidence shows I'm not. It's a great question. I mean, it's the number one question I, as I get asked from my clients. So what I'm saying is when you make that vow, that's why I call it a vow, V-O-W, a vow, because it's just more important than a belief. It is a belief, but it's right at the core, right at the heart. If you say, it must be me, there's something wrong with me, and then the next layer up, you go to one of the three lies, or all of the lies. Are you one of these lies, or all of them? I'm not good enough, can't cope, unlovable, unworthy. Now, what you're doing is now you're viewing everything that's coming into your life through those lens. Now, I call it a self-fulfilling prophecy because I'm an old man. You told me the modern terminology is called confirmation biased. So now you're looking for all of the things that confirm what you think. Now you're falling to what I deal with every day with my clients. Things like 
self-sabotaging, pushing people away, always going for the ones that are just out, you want to prove something. So instead of living your life from the basis that you are awesome, a spiritual being, and you create love for yourself, you're now caught on what we call the carousel of despair. You're running around, getting more and more confused, and you're almost proving the negative. And you spend your life continually proving the negative. I wish I had a pound or a dollar for my clients who have said to me something like, I knew he was the wrong man. I knew this wouldn't work. I knew this was wrong before I even went into this job. I knew this wasn't right for me. No wonder I've got no hair. Because I could pull my hair out and I say, then why did you do it? Why did you go against that core feeling that I call Shen? You may call your intuition, your gut feeling, your inspiration. Why did you go into it? And this is what I hear. Well, I thought I thought he could change. I thought I could change them. I thought it would be I thought this. I thought they'd change. Why did you it, think that? David, is is it because if we had parents who were emotionally dysfunctional or emotionally avoidant, so we didn't get the attention or the kind of love that we should have had as a child, that we naturally seek out similar individuals in adulthood. So we seek out emotionally dysfunctional or emotionally avoidant partners. And so, yes, it proves the bias that they are not, they are not affectionate to me. They're not considerate towards me. Uh, They disrespect me because I'm not lovable. I'm truly an unlovable person. So I'm getting what I deserve. Yes. And that, why, if we, but if we really want to be, if we really desperately want to experience love in our life, surely that desire would be more powerful, that we would go for loving, be attracted to loving people rather than unloving people. But the desire isn't powerful because of the vow. Your desire is that I give you a, I give you a statement that I hear virtually as all the time when working with clients on this subject. I do not deserve it. Mm-hmm. See, now when you have that in your belief system, yeah. this is the difference. What you're saying, Alex, is very important. So let me kind of really focus on this. What you're giving me is an aspiration. Yeah. So that the person has an aspiration. And it will sound something like this. Wouldn't it be really great if I meet someone who now convinces me that I'm good enough, that I'm lovable? Wouldn't that be great? But that's an aspiration. What your belief is, no, let's go down the familiar road. I don't deserve that successful person. That person wouldn't be interested in me, would they? They, they too, they're out of my league. I'm just giving you words that I hear. Or they're out of my league. 
oh, they're on a different, they don't understand, they'll never understand me, will they? They'll never be able to deal with me. And so what you're doing is your confirmation bias, your bias, your bias, your bias, until you find something or some situation that's familiar. A boss who treats you bad and you won't stand up for yourself. Then you give me all the, oh, I can't do without a job, blah, 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 blah. But it's very familiar to four. It's almost like you have a, this is why I love this saying. Let me say it again. I say it on every video. You are the creator of your emotions. You are not the victim. Because when you get that wrong, it is like you got tattooed on your forehead, victim. Here's the victim. Then people will treat you like a victim because you act and think and work and live like a victim because you're looking out, you believe you're like kind of a puppet and they're the puppet master. And this is where I say you have to stop. You have to stop. You have to take a breath, drop your shoulders, read tracks and say, on this subject here, but go back through all of our videos, what is the truth? And if you believe I'm wrong, if you say, no, David is wrong, love is something that someone else gives you. Please write in. Please mm -hmm. join our Facebook community. We have over three, 4,000 members there and write in, and I'm happy to answer your questions. Write in and say, David, you're wrong. Love is a commodity. Somebody gives it to you like they give you a cup of water and you have to wait and, and beg, like, like in the film Oliver, can I have more, sir? Can I have more? And if they don't give me more, then that's because I'm not worthy. That's because I'm not good enough. This is nonsense, pure nonsense. And if you get off that carousel of spinning around in the familiar way and connect to your Shen, truth, honesty, integrity, would you say that to your physical child? Would you teach your child to be looking for other, for other people for their worth? But I guess we do when we act out this pattern of behavior for ourselves and our children watch us doing well this it. becomes very confusing because it's hypocritical because you say one thing to your child and then you demonstrate something and else. the demonstration is more powerful I for the child it's more powerful. yeah because what i was thinking as well david is before we got started talking about the relationship dynamics and if we're in a relationship with someone who doesn't love us as you said, you know, at the start, actually what other people give you in terms of validation shouldn't be important. What's important is if you love yourself. So I'm kind of confusing myself in a way because I'm thinking, well, if I was in a relationship with someone who was unloving towards me, not considerate, uh, disrespectful, if I love myself, that wouldn't be a problem. But then on the flip side, I'm also thinking, well, if I really love myself, I wouldn't be in a relationship with that sort of person. Exactly. So now, now you've just moved the goalposts a little bit here, which all my clients do. Love is an emotional feeling. If you go along with my teachings, you are the creator of your emotional feelings. So if you're clear on that, then you brought in another category, relationships. Yeah. No relationships, the word tells you, look at the word, the ability to relate. So you can love somebody and can't relate to them, 
because you don't agree with their principles, their morals, how the way they've changed. Or you can have a relationship with somebody and not love them or them not love you. And so you can get in that choice. I would want when you're talking about what people now in these terms call a soul partner or a life partner or whatever, what ideally you're looking for, Alex, is somebody that you create a feeling of love for them. Mm -hmm. They demonstrate that they create a feeling for you. Yeah. But then you can be in a relationship with them. Yeah. That you can relate on all of the issues that you're meeting through your life. Now, it's much easier to relate to a partner when you're both creating a feeling of love for each other, but you still have to learn to relate yeah. because most people, they will create a feeling of love, but they still have difficulty in relating, in being able, and I would say from my model that I want you to have a think about, that relationship should be built on truth, honesty, and integrity. So you love somebody, you demonstrate you love them, they demonstrate they love you, but then you have to see how you can relate on a day-to-day -day basis. Mm -hmm. Practical things, mortgages, jobs, bringing up children, where you live, how you live, how, where you go on holidays. This is the relationship part. And if you both are creating the feeling, this relationship becomes much easier because now you can relate on a different level. But the key thing is as well in that dynamic, David, is that you create love, a feeling of love within yourself for your partner. Yep. Your partner may create a feeling of love within themselves for you. And that does give you green light feelings. However fundamentally you have to have a strong solid foundation of self-love regardless so the only you know the only source of love should not be from your partner okay so let's go back to my to my model you create a feeling of love for them so you're creating a feeling then their body they are creating a feeling yeah. of love for you yeah but they cannot give you okay, that Okay, so it's love. not given to you. It's not a commodity. Mm -hmm. They can demonstrate that they're feeling it. Yeah. They can show you in their eyes the way they treat you, the way they talk, care for, and life for you. And that's, that's okay. wonderful. And that's, that's okay. Absolutely. I mean, it's okay to feel good about them demonstrating. But that shouldn't be your only reason why you believe you're lovable. But that's they what can't, I'm saying. That's right. That's yeah. right. They can't give you that love. Yeah. You can't, yeah. You can't be like... Well, I need it. Give it to me. Give, give me. And this is why a lot of people think, well, I'll find another partner. I'll go somewhere else. I'll do something else because I want that feeling from them. Mm -hmm. But they can't give you a feeling. Yeah. Now, if you think his love is something else, so lots of my clients will think love is like status, uh, money. I don't think it is. I think that status and money. Love is a feeling, an emotion and you are the creator of your emotions. This has to start, and this teaching has to start with you choosing to create a feeling of love for you. Now, if you don't, then you have to look at the reasons, mm -hmm. the beliefs that's stopping you from doing that. Yeah. So I was going to come on to that. So we've, we've talked about one of the main mindset blocks are it being 
a misunderstanding of what love is. And we've also talked about the problem of seeking and expecting love and validation solely from external sources, other people. Which never fills the hole. Yeah, which never fills the hole and does not make you believe you are lovable. It may make you feel you make you believe you're lovable in the moment or in the short term, but it's not lasting. Mm-hmm. It's like the drug runs dry and you need more. Mm-hmm. You want more. You want it stronger. Mm-hmm. It's not good enough. You look for another partner who you believe will be more loving. Or another job that's going to yeah. fulfill you or yeah. a bigger house or a big, bigger car or live in a different yeah. part of the world or the country. You're looking, you're always... You're always searching. It's like that. I always have this idea of the donkey and the carrot just out of its reach. And you're always grasping for the yeah. next thing. And you're never happy. You're never, the hole is there and it's never fulfilled. Mm-hmm. So we've touched on this point about if you criticize yourself, if you judge yourself, if you compare yourself negatively, and if you have the vow in place and the la- those three lives in place within your belief system, if you believe you're not good enough, you're not lovable, that belief will trump any wishful thinking about wanting to be loved or wanting to be lovable. So I, I guess, would you say that is like the fundamental mindset block that stops people from loving themselves because they have these lies Childhood lies and the childhood vow in place. I don't think you can say 100%, mm-hmm. Alex, but I would think that this is the greatest one. That if you have the problem, if you think there's something wrong with you and that spurs, I'm not good enough, I can't cope, I'm unlovable, then how can you love yourself because you're being hypocritical? If one part of you says, I'm unlovable, how can you say, well, yes, well, I should love myself? You're creating this inner conflict. And this is why I like the term and the label of the inner child. Inside of your head, you have this inner conflict fighting where one part of your mind is telling you, I am unlovable. I don't deserve it. I can't cope. It's, it's not for me. There must be something wrong with me. Then on the other part of you, as you quite rightly demonstrated, you have this aspiration to be happy, to be full of love, to be in a loving relationship for the roses to grow around the door and bunny rabbits to jump in the field like a utopian world where everybody's happy and everybody loves each other. But you have these two direct opposites going on in your head. And if you have these two, you have this constant inner turmoil that creates red lights. Now, you may call these red lights lust of things, anxiety, depression, whatever you want to call it, upset, not being satisfied, sleeping poorly, eating wrongly. This is the conflict inside your mind that creates those red lights because that's what the emotions are telling you. You have an inner conflict. One of those is right and one of those is wrong. They can't both be right. Either you are unlovable, then you give me the evidence why you're unlovable, not the result of being unlovable. You're thinking you're unlovable. You're thinking you're unlovable. And this is what people make a mistake. They write in and say, well, Here's the evidence I'm unlovable, David. I've been divorced three times. That's not the evidence. That's the result of thinking that. What's the evidence? 
I will tell you, is I can't be precise for everybody, mm-hmm. but the majority of my clients will say it's because of what happened, what my, how my parents treated me or how the member of the family or the culture that they didn't treat me well or they didn't meet my expectations or I was abused or I was in a dysfunctional household and therefore there must be something wrong with me and that's why I'm unlovable. But that cannot be true. That can't be true. It doesn't even make sense. Think about it. Because you were born in a dysfunctional household, Mm. that makes the child. So if you went into a dysfunctional household and you saw parents having emotional problems, arguing and fighting, drinking too much, whatever it is, you would turn to the six-year-old child and say, well, that's your fault because you're not lovable. You, of course you wouldn't do it. And, and this, is what, this is what kind of really, this is why I do this work, Alex, because you see these amazing clients that I'm very lucky and honoured to deal, to deal with that have come through the most horrific childhood experiences I hear things I couldn't believe that children could come through. They come through that and they end up with that saying there's something wrong with them. I think it's the opposite. That's why I say I believe you're awesome. Anyone that's come through a dysfunctional childhood, you are absolutely awesome. I don't know how you did it. And this is the reason I do this work, because I too came through a dysfunctional childhood. And I look back at me when I was six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. I don't know how I did it. Yeah. I don't know how I got through it, but I did. There's something in me that took me through that. And as you're watching this, there is something in you, deep in you, that I call Shen, that took you through that dysfunctionality, that abuse, that lack of attention, that still carried you through it. Don't come out of that, then blame yourself. It doesn't make sense. I mean, I can see that for some people, this belief that they're unlovable starts in childhood and then they just hold on to that. They're in, it's a real childhood experience. Yes. They're, the part of their mind we call the inner child draws the wrong conclusions, blames themselves, and then that's almost forever carried on now into adulthood. For, repeated, o- yeah. for other people, they may still be experiencing the, uh, I guess, the injustice or the or the bad treatment from parents that they're still alive, or you know, or parents comparing themselves to siblings that the siblings and the parents are still alive. So, it's either happened in childhood, it's past, but it's carried forward, or it may still be continuing. But as you say, we can we we don't want to look at the outcomes of believing we're unlovable, like divorces, losing jobs, being friends, unfriending us. They're the outcomes. We need to go back to the original point in time, which, as you said, is often in childhood, and reflect on that um, authentically, logically, rationally for the first time. Look at the individuals who are involved in this dynamic, this equation, and perhaps often for the first time, question their emotional balance and their right to pass a judgment on you. Exactly. Unless you believe, Alex, 
and I've heard never met anybody who believes this, but you think think about it. As you came into the world, or as a child comes into the world, or as one of your physical children came into the world, does the midwife hold it and say, please can somebody give this child some worth, some love, because it has none. And if you don't, then this child is unworthy, unlovable, not good enough. And so that's why I believe it's a spiritual teaching, because I believe every human being has worth, has value, is love. You create that love. You have created, and if you didn't have that love, that desire, that motivation, you wouldn't have fought your way down that birth canal to come into the world. You are amazing, but it's from birth till around six, seven, eight that you've learned this new belief that I'm unlovable or I need love or somebody gives me love or I have to please people or my job, it's my responsibility. Here's something else. It's my responsibility to make my parents happy. Where did that one come from? Oh, well, they're unhappy. It must be my fault. If I was a better child, if I did things well, if I meet their expectations, well, my parents are unhappy because I never met them. This is what I hear all of the time. But this can't make sense if you think about it from a, a wu-wei position. Wu-wei means being in your flow, being neutral, being in the center, not going from one extreme to the other, using your intelligence, using your inspiration, your spiritual reasoning, look at things clearly through your intellect, unless you say to me, yes, David, when a husband and wife can't manage their emotions, of course it's the child. You should blame the child. If the child met their expectations, then a family would be okay. That does not make sense. And you've got to look at yourself through a different lens. And the lens I'm offering you is the lens you've already got. It's not supernatural. You don't have to look outside of yourself. This is a self-sufficiency that you are already awesome. You are amazing. Look at all the things that you've done. Just look at coming through that childhood. In itself, that's it. You've won me over. That's amazing. I don't know how you did it. Do you know how, is how you did it? Because you had to do a lot of ducking and diving and pleasing people, but you got through it. Thank goodness you got through it. Now let's change that belief that something is more realistic, has integrity, has truth, and that kind of demonstrates who you are much better. And so if we, if we take self-responsibility, don't expect other people to give us love, but take self-responsibility by doing... This sort of deep self-inquiry work, mm -hmm. reflecting back on our childhood, where these corrupt beliefs come from in terms of, of us not being lovable or not deserving. This, are you saying this actually then unlocks the love within you? It's almost like we have not, we've been playing around with this kind of permission thing of creating love within ourselves. And we've got, we've set up a faulty system. But if we resolve all these kind of deeper issues, that the love within us will flow naturally for us. Yes, because once you've done that deep reflective work that we call the golden thread, sorting out this confusion, and I know for a lot of my clients, it's like 
that's that's where I think I can help. It's like a big ball of spaghetti, and you have to pull out each strand. I call it deconstructing and looking at it properly. Then you have to see that loving yourself is simply a choice. No more, no less. Not making a choice is a choice. So when you choose not to love yourself, you are making a choice. That choice has to be built on evidence. Why are you choosing not to love yourself? And it's because you're telling yourself lies. It's my fault. I always get things wrong. I can't please people. My mother didn't love me. My father hated me. That must be my fault. I can't mm. see. So the once you... The familiar pattern of thinking. That's right. Yeah. And so you have to break away from that familiar, yet in a, in a strange way, comfortable way of thinking. And people, when we get down and when we're starting to unpick this big ball of misthinking. You know what they'll say to me? Well, this is easier. To stick with the old way of thinking, yeah. yeah. And I'm going, how can this be easier? Well, a lot of people would say, David, I've never loved myself properly. I've always depended on other people. And actually in childhood, no one ever loved me. So I literally no idea where to begin of loving myself. What I've got no role models. I've got no experience. I don't know what to do. How do I love myself? I know that's a common thing that well, you that, must hear. Well, that's, well, that's a common misunderstanding because I'm saying, but if you if you go back to what we're saying and believe that love is a, an emotional feeling and you create the emotional feeling, so you can't create an emotional feeling for your physical children, can you? And they go, yeah, no, of course I love my physical children. And I said, well, then you can create an emotional feeling. Now you're choosing to create an emotional feeling for your physical children, for your partner, for your favorite car or whatever. You're choosing to create that emotional feeling for them or that, but you're choosing not to create that emotional feeling for you. And then that goes back to the belief. And that's an active choice. That's That's what you're saying. That's an active choice. Now, a lot of people say, oh, it's in my subconscious, it's a default. But once you're now, once you've now listened to this teaching, you have an awareness as to what may be going on and you have no excuse in a way. So when people say to me, well, I I don't know what I'm doing is, well, it's ingrained. I heard a lady just a couple of days ago say, it's ingrained. And I said, but you ingrained it. Yes, I I take your point as I ingrained it, but now it's ingrained. Well, rub it out. They're your beliefs. This is your mind. These are your beliefs. You're making the choice. Take responsibility. And this is a great place to kind of bring this to a conclusion. Be accountable for what you believe, why you believe it. Don't I say that on every video? Write it down. Get a piece of A4 paper. Put a line down the center. If you want to do some homework, write on the left-hand side, I believe I'm unlovable. Right on the put on the right hand side. Why do you believe you're unlovable? What's the evidence? What why? Well, my my mother didn't love me. Okay? Does that make you unlovable? If your mother stood you against a wall and says, I do not love you, does that make you unlovable? And that's your choice. If you say yes, well, she what she says. And a lot of my clients will say, well, I think 
Parents are like gods, aren't they? You believe in everything I, they say? Say, so you're joking. You believed everything your parents said. I've never met anybody who's ever believed everything their parents said. No, you've cherry-picked. And then what it's doing, it's back to your confirmation. Oh, she once said, I get on, she, I get on her nerves. Well, yeah, well, she probably did. Well, therefore, I must be unlovable. You see what you're mm -hmm. doing? You're building up your yeah. story. And we're back now to the inner child story. And I guess doing that exercise, that self-inquiry exercise, alongside, say, practical things we can do in the daytime, like keeping a, a mental check on to ensure that we, every time in our self-talk, we are not criticizing, we're not comparing ourselves, we're not being negatively judgmental, and or even noticing how often we do that and how that then undermines this idea of giving ourselves permission to love ourselves. It's a, It's just... When we CCJ ourselves yeah. in that way, it's undermining the flow of love within us. Well, I was just going to say that comparing, criticizing and being judgmental, we call CCJ. And I would say, I do not see any benefit, no. zero, of CCJing yourself or, 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 or anyone else. And I know people laugh when I say, stop it. And they go, well, you just say that, it can't be that easy. But it has to be that easy if you are in control of you. If you're in control of your beliefs, of mm -hmm. what you think, of how you want to live, then if you say, well, that's a problem, David, I'm not in control of me. Mm -hmm. Then if you're not in control of you, who is in control of you? Who do you want to be in control of you? Who do you think should be in control of you? Because you better go and tell them. If it's your partner, if it's your Mother and father, you better phone them up and say, hey, I've just realized you're in control of me, and you've got to phone them up every day. This is nonsensical. Mm -hmm. You cannot not be accountable. You cannot not make a choice. You are making a choice. When you say, well, it's just a habit, well, that's a choice. That's what a habit is, a choice that you've set on default. You just repeat it. Well, it's ingrained. Still a choice. You're still doing it. And you have to become accountable for yourself and mm -hmm. take responsibility. And I think, David, when you shine a light on it like that, you know, we would never, we would never own up to the truth of what's in our mind. So we would never say to our mother or our partner or husband or wife, I only know I love myself when you tell me mm -hmm. I'm lovable. We would never say that because we know it's such a crazy way to live our lives, and yet we live our... It's like exactly. a dirty, dark secret that exactly. we need to just exactly. stop. And that's why we do these videos, yeah. to break through. I know it's uncomfortable, and I know internally you'll get so much pushback and you resist what I'm saying. That's what, that's what I'm saying. Stop the video. If you disagree with me, write it down. But you know I'm going to challenge you. So write it down if you say, no, David, you're wrong on this one. I love your teachings, but you're wrong on this one. Love is a commodity. Love is given to you. Then show me how. Prove to me, because I don't understand that. I've never seen a cup of love that somebody forces down you. And if you believe that, then you are always putting the responsibility for your spiritual growth and well-being in other people's hands and that cannot work brilliant thank you david well 
I mean, I really, really enjoyed that chat and I hope that you have also benefited. Maybe it's given you some fresh insight and perspective on what love is and how to create it and give permission to yourself for experiencing and enjoying and living a life full of love. If you have enjoyed this teaching, please do let us know and maybe share it with someone else who you think would also benefit. I will also put links in the show notes to lots of related teachings to help you on this topic. Thank you so much for listening to this week's Wu Wei Wisdom Life Lesson. You can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and please rate and review us to help us grow. If you'd like to work one-to-one with David, he supports clients all over the world every week via video call. You can learn more about David's consultations, plus our online events, offers, and gifts on our website, wuweiwisdom.com. You can also meet and share with us in our private Facebook group, on our YouTube channel, and on Instagram. Search for Wu Wei Wisdom and you'll find us. Until next time, stay happy, healthy and in your flow.